All right, hey guys, welcome to Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings, and today we're going to be talking about sin. Episode 10 is entitled, Can We Be Free from Sin? First, I want to thank you so much for listening, whether this is your first time or you've been with us since we started. You know, we have risen to the top 50 in all of spiritual and religious podcasts. There's over 92,000 in that genre, and I just checked this morning, we're number 36. Uh, That is incredible to me, so thank you for listening, and for those of you who haven't rated the podcast or left a review, it really does make a difference, and and honestly, I'm finding on Apple Podcasts is where it makes the biggest difference, and so if you're listening, if you like what you hear, would you please go leave us an honest review and a rating? Um, Even a short written sentence helps so much on Apple. Of course, you can rate on Spotify as well. It helps if you do it on all the platforms, but Apple is the big one. And all that does is just help more people discover this podcast. And the whole point of this is to help people get free and to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ. Finally, I want to invite you to partner with us monthly. You know, everything we do, I'm an unpaid missionary. And so we are funded fully by your generosity. This podcast is absolutely free. Uh, The YouTube content, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, everything that I do is free. I'm planning a conference in July in Miami. It's going to be free. Everything we do is free. And we are funded by you. So I'm asking people to consider a small monthly gift of $5 a month. You can sign up through Modern Day or through Anchor, the podcast streaming service that we use. $5 a month, it's a a cup of coffee a month. But over time and and over the, the span of, you know, all of the listeners that listen who give, it really does make a difference and it enables us to do more things that are free. And so... I want to thank you again for listening. Listen, can we be free from sin? We're talking about free. Can we be free from sin? Listen to what John the Baptist said. I've said this in almost every episode I've done because it's always applicable. Behold, the Lamb of God who, what? Forgives the sin of the world? No, that's not what John the Baptist said. He said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, I was looking up the word forgiveness and, and some um, similarities. You know, there's the word pardoning, exoneration. You know, these words mean you're, you're completely released from all charge. It's as if you've never done it. And that's what Jesus' forgiveness does for us. It's not just forgiveness, but forgetness. And there are a few verses that talk about sin being completely removed. And this podcast really is aimed at this thought that, hey, you're always going to sin. You know, yeah, you get born again. You're a Christian, but let's get real. You know, you're always going to sin. That verse is not in the Bible. That way of thinking is demonic, and it's not in the Bible. And I'm going to break down exactly why the phrase, you're always going to sin, is destructive. You see, what it does is it makes excuse for sin. Because, hey, if you're always going to do it, then, you know, what's the point? When you mess up, you might become numb to conviction. Or you might not take sin very seriously because, hey, you know what? We're always going to sin. We're not perfect, brother. What do you think? You know, we're only humans. We're only in the flesh. We haven't been made new yet. That's not what my Bible says. Let's get into it. And and I want to dispel something. First of all, this isn't about perfectionism. We can't be perfect. The Bible even says that if you try to keep the law but you stumble in one point, you're guilty of all of them. 
We're all guilty before God, and we need his forgiveness. Listen, it's not even the sins that you've committed in your life that inherit you death that needed to be forgiven. It's because you were born with a sin nature. And so when Jesus comes, he dies on the cross, his blood covers all sin and removes sin and the penalty of sin. Now we're made brand new. We're free in Jesus Christ to those of us who believe, and we are set free from sin. This isn't about preaching perfectionism or saying that I'm perfect. I am not perfect. No one is. But there is a goal. There is a a standard that we're called to, and I'm going to talk about that in this podcast. So let's get into it. Hebrews 8, 12, it says this, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. How many of you know our righteousness is like filthy rags before the Lord? We are not good. The Bible says there's no one who does good, not even one person. Only God is good, and only through him can we be made good. Can we be made righteous, which means right with God. So it says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. We need God's mercy. And their sins... And lawless deeds I will remember no more. God promises to forget everything that you've done. Psalm 103, 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west. Look, if you start going north, you're eventually going to be heading south. That's just the way the globe works. But if you head east, you're always going to go east. And so there's a really strong point being made here that the east and the west will never touch. They're as far apart as far can get. And that is how far the Lord has removed our sins. We're completely clean in his sight. It's amazing. Jesus paid to remove our sins so that we could pursue God. Why? Because God's perfect and holy and sin can't exist where he is. Look at... Um, uh, in the Old Testament, there were two brothers that presented a false fire before the Lord, and they died in his presence. Ananias and Sapphira, they lied to the Holy Spirit, and they dropped dead instantly. You see, sin can't exist where God is. And so Jesus paid the price for us to have our sins removed so that we could be seen by God as holy, blameless, and righteous at all times so that we could pursue a relationship with him. We're not sinners anymore. We're saints. And Colossians 1.21 is that referencing scripture about being holy and blameless in the sight of God, being righteous, being above reproach. That is your position as a believer. It's amazing. John 8.36. Let's look at this one. Who the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. So then you're either free or you're not. There's not a lot of gray area. There's not a lot of interpretation in this scripture. You're either free or you're not. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Another translation says there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. If you're a born-again Christian, the Spirit of the Lord is inside of you. And you are free. Finally, Romans 6. Romans 6, three separate times, on three separate occasions, it says that we have been set free from sin. We're no longer slaves. Which, on the flip side, means that if you aren't born again, you are a slave to your sin. You're a slave to your flesh. You're a slave to the devil. And that might sound like hard language, but that's the truth. Jesus said, you you can't serve two masters. Listen, there's only two masters to serve. 
God or the devil. And if you are not a slave to righteousness by being born again and given the righteousness of Jesus Christ, you are a slave to the devil. And Jesus died to set you free. You don't have to be a slave to the devil. You don't have to stay addicted. You don't have to do the things that you don't want to do. You know, I I once heard someone say, freedom is being able to do whatever you want all the time. That's not actually freedom because there's people that do whatever they want all the time and now they're addicted to the things they wanted to do and now they can't stop doing the things that they want to do. They hate it. They're free to do whatever they want, but they can't do what they actually want to do. You see, worldly freedom isn't actually freedom. True freedom is being set free from your sin so that you're no longer a slave to it. You're a slave to righteousness, which the Bible says produces even more righteousness, which leads unto holiness. And God said, be holy as I am holy. He's calling us to this standard of holiness. And if we miss it, there's grace. That's what Paul's talking about in Romans. He says, listen, where sin abounds, where sin is present, grace abounds even more. So wherever there's sin, there's even more grace. Now he says, okay, so do we sin in order that grace would abound? No, that's twisted and perverted. We love God. We don't want to sin. But if you miss it, if you stumble, we're quick to repent, and we know that the grace of God covers all of our sin. Mercy triumphs over judgment, and the blood of Jesus causes us to remain holy, blameless, and righteous. As a born-again Christian, listen, if you miss it, if you sin, if you stumble, if you backslide, you are still seen as holy, blameless, and righteous in the sight of God. Why? It wasn't your righteousness that got you there in the first place. Your unrighteous deeds are not going to remove you from that place. Remember, we don't want to try to earn God's love or attention or affection or even salvation with our righteousness. It is like filthy rags. We want Jesus' righteousness, which comes by grace through faith. It's simply by believing that Jesus has done what the Bible says he has done for us. And when we believe in him, all who call upon the Lord shall be saved, the Bible says. When we believe in him, we are made right with God. And so if you stumble, if you miss it, you're not going to all of a sudden be on bad terms with God. He doesn't change his mind about us. So then the question is, are we always going to sin? No. We don't have to. If you don't catch anything else from this podcast, because there are people that hear what I'm saying through this perfectionist, weird term that I don't even understand. It's like a a religious term. I'm not that smart. But I know what the Bible says. The Bible says that you do not have to sin. Now think about this. If you're a slave, you have to obey your master. That's even what Romans says. Whoever you present yourself a slave to obey, you will obey them as the slave and they your master. So if you're no longer a slave to sin, that means you don't have to sin. That's not my words. That's the Bible. Listen, this is good news. This means that you don't have to do the things that you don't want to do. Now, will you do them? I don't know. That's up to you. But the amazing thing is that Christ has set us free and now we have a choice. Before, we were slaves to sin, we were slaves to the flesh, we had no mind for God, righteousness didn't mean anything to us, we weren't slaves to that. Now we are. Now we have a choice. Okay? But some of you might say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the temptation I go through, the addiction that I'm facing, whatever it is. 
a couple verses for you. One, the Bible says that Jesus can empathize with us because he was tempted on all sides at all points. Jesus was tempted in every way, yet without fault. Now, Jesus came fully man, fully God, but he laid aside not his divinity, but his divinitive rights. This isn't the whole kenosis thing. You know, people love to jump all over that. Jesus was never not God, but he chose to walk on the earth as a man. Fully man, fully God, yes, but he chose to walk as a man submitted to God accessing him through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? The Bible says God cannot be tempted. So if Jesus was tempted on all sides and Jesus was God, God can't be tempted. So so, so Jesus the man was tempted. He was always God. I want you to pick up on this. Jesus has never not been God. He's always been God. But when he humbled himself, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man, Philippians 2... What it's saying is he had every right to walk in the the fullness of the divinity of him being God, but he chose to walk in the flesh, in the skin, and in the temptations and everything else as a man. Jesus modeled to us what it looks like to fully yield a life to the Holy Spirit unto God. And so Jesus was tempted in every way, but he overcame. And he put that same spirit that rose him from the dead inside of you and I. Those of us who belong to him, we have the same spirit. And so 1 Corinthians 10.13 shows us how we can overcome. Listen to this. There is no temptation that has overtaken you except what's common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What does that mean? Let's break it down. There's no temptation that has overtaken you except what is common to man. There's nothing that you're going to face that isn't common to everyone else. So you can't be like, oh, well, I had this special, unique temptation and I had to give in. The Bible says every temptation we go through is just like everything everyone else goes through. Okay? But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. That's pretty self-explanatory. God's not going to give you more than you can handle. But, listen to this, this is the key. With that temptation, he will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. What this says is this, if you yield to Jesus Christ, if you yield to the conviction and the voice of the Holy Spirit that tells you to flee every time temptation comes your way, or tells you to keep your mouth shut, or whatever it is, whatever the convicting voice of the Holy Spirit is telling you, this verse says there is always a way out of temptation, which means that you never have to sin. So, are you always going to sin? Well, that's up to you. You have a choice. And, you know, I've heard Christians aren't sinless, they just sin less. I I like that, I think. I still want to keep our standard as holiness. We've been called to perfection, but God has enabled us to walk it out, and he's given us the grace when we miss it. It's like bowling with bumpers on. You're not going to get a strike every time. You could. Hey, that's a good analogy. That must be from the Lord because I've never thought of that before. 
Think of it like bowling with bumpers up. Could you get a strike every time? Yeah, I suppose you could. And the longer you bowled, maybe the more strikes you would get. Eventually, you know, it'd probably be few and far between that you would miss. But if you've never bowled before, you might be hitting those bumpers. And yeah, you're staying in the lanes. But, you know, you might knock a pin down. Maybe you get lucky you knock a few more. I'm looking at walking in holiness like that as a believer. The bumpers are, what would the bumpers be? I'm, I'm walking this out with you guys, so I haven't even walked through this analogy yet. Let's say that getting a strike would be sinless, okay? Now, people say, oh, you sin while you breathe. You know, you're sinning all the time. I, I, don't, I can't find a verse for that. So let's just get rid of that. I'm talking about sins that you knowingly commit or things that you don't do that you know you should do, which is a sin, or anything that's not done in faith, which the Bible says is a sin. Okay, so I'm talking about things that you are, you are, you are knowingly doing or not doing. So a strike would be, you know, hey, temptation comes your way and you flee. You seek the Lord, you don't sin. Amazing. You get a strike. Okay, um... You know, temptation creeps in, whatever it is, or you, you, you lose your head in traffic, but you catch yourself and you repent quickly. Maybe that's knocking a few pins over. And, you know, jumping over the gutter would be like someone cuts you off in traffic and you're having a bad day and you totally just jump out of your flesh and you, you know, give them the business and you feel bad later and repent. Maybe that would be knocking no pins over. The point is this. Is it possible for you to always get a strike. Yeah, the potential is there. The potential's there. That's it. Are you always going to get a strike? I don't know. But saying that you're always going to sin is like saying you're never going to get a strike. You're never going to always get a strike. Well, you know, why would you make that your standard? Why would you make that your ceiling? You're just making an excuse for when you don't get one. You're just saying, well, yeah, you know, it's true. We're never always going to get a strike, so no big deal. You see, I believe that if we maintain the standard that we've been given by God, we will fear God in a healthy way and will fear sin. The Bible says to fear God is to hate what is evil. So instead of saying, well, you're always going to sin, you know, don't worry about it, or, you know, we're only human, that sounds a lot to me, like we're making an excuse and we're kind of not taking it so seriously. Instead of saying, hey, listen, man, you know, if, say you're comforting someone who's fallen or, you know, whatever it is. Listen, man, hey, I know this happened to you. Praise God. His grace covers you. There's so much mercy for you. You've been forgiven by the blood of Jesus. He has not changed his mind about you. Hey, listen, you don't have to live this way. You're not always going to commit this sin. Come on, you've been set free from sin. Let me remind you who you are. You're holy, you're righteous, you're blameless in the sight of God because of what Jesus did. Come on, pick yourself up. I'm going to dust you off. Let's keep running after God. He's called us to holiness. He's empowered us to do it. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to be stuck. That's a way to encourage someone who's fallen. If you say you're always going to sin, then you might keep that person bound. Because that theology is not even in the Bible. The Bible says when you are tempted and if you've sinned. If you sin. 
when you're tempted, if you're sin, temptation is absolutely going to come. Sin, you now have a choice. Because if my friend is stuck in an addiction or whatever it is, and I say, listen, man, you know, I, I love that you want to be free, but you're always going to sin. So don't get your hopes up too much, you know, that you'll be free from all this. Because, listen, we're always going to sin. We're only human. And, and just do the best you can. What is that? I would say, no, man, listen, you've been set free from sin. This thing has no hold on you. You can walk out the life that Jesus walked out. That's what he paid the price for, for you to manifest his kingdom all over the earth because you have a relationship with the Father. That's why he put his spirit inside of you. Listen, we are going, let's repent. Let's repent to God. Let's say, God, I'm sorry. I had a wrong view. I started slipping into my flesh. I took my eyes off of you, Jesus. I'm putting my eyes back on you. I'm ready to run this race well and fight this good fight of faith. God, thank you for setting me free from sin. Thank you that you've never changed your mind about me. Thank you, God, that I'm not dependent on my righteousness to get to heaven because I never would. But Jesus, you've given me your righteousness and you've made me right with the Father. Father, I thank you that this addiction has no hold on me. I have been set free from sin. I am not a slave to sin. I'm not a slave to this addiction. I'm not a slave to the devil. I am free and I'm going to walk in that freedom today in Jesus' name. That is more empowering. People who say you're always going to sin are making an excuse. And you will not find a single verse that backs that up. And people will use this one. They'll say, the things I want to do, I can't do. And the things I don't want to do, I continue to do. What a wretched man I am. Paul is talking about his flesh apart from Christ. Our flesh and our spirit are at war with each other. But the Bible says this, if you live by the spirit, you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Period. It doesn't say unless, of course, you understand that you're always going to sin and sometimes, you know, you're going to give in to the flesh. It doesn't say that. It says if you live by the Spirit, you won't fulfill the desires of the flesh. The Bible says be holy as I am holy. God wasn't setting us up for failure. He's calling us to a higher standard and he's giving us the grace if we miss. It's like the bumpers at the bowling alley. He's not going to let you get a gutter ball. He's not going to bury you or condemn you. You know, that would be getting a gutter in this analogy. The, the bumpers are there to make sure, hey, you stay on the path. I, it's, you're, you're fine. Grace is going to cover you. Hey, dust you off. Hey, let's run after it again. What did Jesus tell the woman caught in adultery? He didn't say, hey, you're always going to sin. Listen, go and, and just try to do better. He said, go and sin no more. He called her to perfection. Why do we not talk about that? Jesus called the adulterer to perfection moments after she'd been caught in the act. She was just having sex not long before that. And Jesus says, hey, go and sin no more. The church today would be like, hey, listen, just do your best. Try to get out there and just, you know, try not to fall into sin again. That's not the standard. Now, not that we don't have grace for people. Jesus had the most grace. He spared her. He said, hey, I'm not here to condemn you. Go and sin no more. He says, hey, I love you. I'm going to pay a price that you could be totally free, and I'm calling you to this place of perfection. I want your eye on holiness. I want you to consecrate yourself to God. I want you to set your life apart. I want you to flee from sin. I want you to hate what is evil, and I want you to run after me. Go and sin no more. I've spared you from, from death. I've spared you from the penalty of sin. Go and sin no more. Come on, you can do this. 
You can do this. Lean on me. You can do this by my grace. You can do this by the power of my Holy Spirit. You see what happens when you try to live life in your flesh and on your own? You end up getting caught doing something you never should have been doing. But now that I'm here, I'm calling you to a higher place, and I'm telling you that I love you. I've never changed my mind about you. I'm not here to stone you to death. I'm here to cheer you on and say, girl, go and sin no more. That's what Jesus is saying to the adulterer. And that's what he's saying to all of us. He's not saying you're always going to sin. Here you go. He's saying, look, go, run after perfection, run after holiness. Why? Because someone who's a Christian has a pure heart. And so to run after perfection is not something that we're going to brag about. Because we know, according to Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, that we have not achieved anything on our own. Our good works, nothing, nothing. In the sight of God, it's filthy rags. It's useless. It's worthless. We're saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. It's a gift from God, not by works lest anyone should boast. And a Christian understands this. A Christian understands that we're only who we are by the grace of God and by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. His blood setting us free from sin, covering us, removing our sin, making us right with the Father, sealing us for the day of redemption, and writing our names in the book of life so that we have eternal life. And so he can call us to perfection, and we can say, Lord, I'm going to run after perfection. Not so I can try to achieve it and be like, look how amazing I am. Look how sinless I am. Look how righteous and holy I am. That's what a Pharisee does. No, we do everything out of love. We say, God, thank you for setting me free. I'm going to run after holiness today, which means perfection, set apart, not getting involved with sin. Lord, thank you for setting me free by your blood. I'm going to run after perfection today. I hate sin and I love you. I fear you, God, and I hate what is evil. And I thank you, Lord, that when temptation comes my way, I'm going to flee. My eyes are set on you. My heart is set on holiness. Lord, help me. If I'm ever stumbling, convict me, speak to me so that I can get out of that situation. I want to set my heart apart. I want to set my life apart for you as an offering, God. I deny the world. I deny my flesh, and I'm living for you, God. I'm running after this perfection because it's what you've called me to. You walked it out, Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, and you've given me that same spirit. God, I love you, and this is what I want to do with my life. I'm running after holiness because you said, be holy as I am holy. Thank you, God, that you're the one empowering me to do this. I could never be holy on my own. I tried to be good when I didn't know you, and I failed every time. And all I would have earned from my own life and my own deeds and my own achievement was hell. But you set me free and you've put your heart, your spirit inside of me. And now I'm running after you with everything I've got. Thanks for loving me, God. Isn't that amazing? Come on, that prayer, it makes me fired up to run after God. He's called us to holiness. And if that offends you, then you're offended by God, not the preacher. The goal is holiness, guys. And listen, there's grace if you miss it. But don't buy the lie that you're always going to sin. You can't back it up with Scripture. And I just destroyed that line with Scripture. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that if you're dealing with anything that's hindering you in your walk, you're dealing with any secret sin, you're dealing with addiction, you're dealing with a wrong way of thinking, maybe even from your past, that's it's trying to come back again like a familiar spirit. But you're born again. You're new, but you don't want to be dealing with that. Let's break that off right now. Yeah? We're going to pray. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you have set us free from sin. 
that you have removed our sin, scattered it as far as the east is from the west, thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness, remembered it no more. Thank you that your word says that those who are in Christ are a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Lord, I pray for this person listening that any addiction would leave now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of addiction, I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. I break the assignment of addiction off of you now. You were built, you were made, you were created by God to be addicted to his presence. That addictive personality you have was meant for God. Go be addicted to God. Go be addicted to the Holy Spirit. Go be addicted to worship and prayer and reading of the word. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you that every stronghold over these friends, every wrong way of thinking, even ways of thinking from the past, every familiar spirit, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You be free, as the Bible says you are free indeed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I charge you, just like Jesus charged the adulterer, go and sin no more. Run, run after holiness, run after God, and be strengthened by the Holy Spirit and know that it's only because of Jesus that you can even pursue holiness because he has made you holy, so now set your life apart for holiness. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Deny the flesh and follow God by picking up your cross every day. I bless you. I bless you, the listener, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow, that was a fun one. I just feel really charged up right now. Listen, if this encouraged you, please don't keep it to yourself. Share it. Like it. I I mentioned in the beginning, give it a rating. Leave a review. On Apple, you can actually leave a comment. I only have six or seven reviews, but there's like 150 total ratings between Spotify and Apple, five stars. Thank you guys so much. I I pray that they're genuine and people are not just trying to make me feel good. But there's only six or seven reviews. Listen, when people go to listen to a new podcast, they read the reviews a lot. I know I do. Before I decide to jump into a podcast, especially one that's now, you know, almost 11 episodes in, I want to see what people are saying. So would you go do that? Would you go on Apple and leave us a review? I want to tell you about my book really quick. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It's available for $10 on Amazon. It's in paperback or on Kindle as an ebook. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's free. And it is a devotional that is designed to give you more faith, to uproot anxiety, worry, fear, depression. There's tons of reviews. There's 28 reviews on Amazon, and all of them are talking about how much freedom they're getting from this book. Go read the reviews. They speak for themselves. I want to tell you about Faith International University, faithiu.edu. Incredible Christian college. They have a bachelor's, master's, PhD program. It's an accredited Bible college. If you started a degree somewhere, you can finish it at Faith. And the most incredible part is that you get to go to school at your own pace. They assign you the classwork. They assign you the classes themselves, tests, whatever it is. It's due at the end of the week. So busy guy like me. I like that I could pick any time of the day or night I want to get what I need to get done and just know that it's due at the end of the week. So if you have questions, go to faithiu.edu and just click request more information. My friend John is the vice president of the school. He will reply to you. He's amazing. September 3rd in Dallas, Texas, we are doing a stadium event with Lou Engle in Upper Room. We are calling on 50,000 youth and their parents I'm calling on a thousand per state. 
Come on, come represent your state in Dallas, Texas on September 3rd. Why? It's a historic gathering. 60 years ago, the courts took prayer and God out of schools, and we are rallying to pray and worship and believe that God will be put back into the schools. Amen? Hey, if you want to follow me for more, you can check me out on TikTok and Instagram at Shane.Winnings, or you can go on my YouTube at Shane Winnings, or check out my website, ShaneWinnings.com. Finally, I'm going to pray for healing as we do with every episode Make sure afterwards you test your body and write me a DM on Instagram if something happened to you while we prayed, if your pain left, if your body was healed, okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person listening. And I pray right now that every bit of pain, every limitation, every disability would leave. Every sickness go now in Jesus' name. I say be healed for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. See you guys next time.